Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the program this week, we catch up with the Black Caps in the Caribbean, look at Stephen Adams' playoff run in the NBA, and farewell the retiring Warriors veteran Jerome Ropati. We speak with the New Zealand captain before the Junior Rugby World Championships, meet one of New Zealand's most promising amateur boxers, and catch up with the Black Sticks before the World Cup in The Hague. The Black Caps have settled in the Caribbean for their three-test tour of the West Indies. The tourists will also play a couple of T20 matches. New Zealand had a successful home summer, beating both the West Indies and India. They're obviously looking to build on that and continue their improvement up the world rankings. The Wellington wicketkeeper Luke Ronke is included in the side after a stunning summer here with the bat. Ronke, who played much of his cricket in Australia before returning home, is however the understudy to BJ Watling for the test matches. Barry Guy caught up with Ronke and asked him about the opportunity this tour presents. I'm here as the, the backup um, with keeper, middle of the batsman and stuff, and I totally understand that. So I just have to um, make the most of the opportunity being here and, and the warm-up games and stuff and, and hopefully get some time in the middle and, and do whatever I need to do. And you just got to sort of keep pushing your name forward, really, and that's the role I've got here at the moment, and I'm more than happy with that. It's obviously awesome to be on my first test tour for the Black Caps, and it, um, I'm, I'm just happy. I much prefer to be here than not be here, so I'll just go out there and try my best and do what I need to do and help out other guys if I'm not playing, and I just keep going with that pretty much. Over the summer, you pushed your name forward in the limited overs game. There, there are a couple of on this tour, but uh, obviously playing a test would be a big thing. Oh, that, that's uh, that's the ultimate for me. Um, it's been absolutely awesome playing uh, limited overs cricket for New Zealand, and I'm, I'm absolutely loving that. But if I can play a test match and get that black cap, um, that's uh, the ultimate goal, and you can't get any higher than, than that level of cricket. So that's that would just be absolutely amazing. How have you found it the last couple of years coming back into the New Zealand game and getting to where you are? You know, are you, are you happy with your progress? Uh, oh, yeah, very much so. I mean... Um, it didn't start off awesome, but I was given another chance, which was fantastic. And um, I've been really happy with the way things you always, I think everyone always wants to, to do better and score more runs and, and keep better and do whatever they do a lot better. But um, I'm happy with the way things are going and, and hopefully I can, can keep it going for a bit longer. I mean, um, I love my job and I love travelling and I love playing cricket and playing cricket for New Zealand. So uh, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to play for as long as I can. I remember talking to you, I think, after a game in Wellington over the summer and, you know, you'd come into especially batting form. And I think, you did you point out at that time it was uh, being a bit more relaxed, was it? Yeah, that's my biggest um, problem with my cricket in general, really. If I get too worked up or if I let my, my mind race, then that's where I get myself into trouble. So, for me, if I go out there and playing cricket and just stay nice and relaxed and keep things as, 
as simple as I possibly can. And that's what I'm going to perform to my best. And and that's what I put. I try my best anyway to keep that going for as long as possible. I suppose you're around, uh, you know, some guys with uh, plenty of international experience. Uh, is that something you can tap into in their temperament and those sorts of things? Oh, very much so. I mean, the guys, a lot of the guys here have played quite a lot of test cricket. You just chat to them and, and ask them about different things and their mindset and stuff like that. And then I'm also on a point where I've, I've played a lot of cricket myself and I'm, I'm not a young guy anymore, so I sort of... Um, understand the, the game and how things can work and stuff like that but it's still it's obviously a, a different kettle of fish playing a test match and trying to a nice and relaxed and calm and things like that so the more information you can take from from those more senior guys who have been around a lot longer then the uh the better it is i think for, for each individual so you mentioned where you are in your career you 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 know you don't feel in a bit of a rush to get to the top no 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 i was still i mean I realise I just turned 33, but I mean, the way cricket works now, you can you can play for a bit longer now. So um, I don't feel the the R word coming out anytime soon for me, and um, my body feels good, and I feel real comfortable with how things are going. So um, I think I've still got some some time left to to push for higher honours, I guess. And the incumbent Test wicketkeeper BJ Watling uh, seems to be doing a a decent job at the moment. Yeah, he does. He's been doing an awesome job. So I mean that. I can't expect just to jump in and, and take over and stuff. So um, he's been doing an awesome job with the gloves and with the bat. So um, I, I guess I'm just here if, if injuries or if anything happens, then um, I might slide my way in. But I understand that and I'm fine with that. Like I said earlier, I'm happy to be here and not be here. So um, I'll go about my business and, and help BJ out if he needs help with catching and different things like that. And we'll work together and stuff. And I'm just going to try and enjoy my time here as, as much as I possibly can. When you're backing up, though, and you get, say, a couple of warm-up matches, do you sort of feel the pressure to, you know, score runs or, or you know, whatever? <laughs> yeah, but I think that's where you've got to try and, like I said earlier, I need to stay relaxed about it. If I get, if I make, I put too much pressure on myself, thinking, oh, this might be my only warm-up game, I need to go and make runs to sort of push my position or something, then that's when I'm going to go out there and do something silly and, and get, I might nick off nothing, so... Um, I just need to go out there and, and just stay nice and relaxed and, and whatever happens, happens. If I make some runs, awesome. If I don't, well, that's the way it goes. And then um, you're just there. You, you, I'm, I'm there if they want, need me. Um, and that's the, the, the position I'm in, really. That's Barry Guy speaking to the New Zealand wicketkeeper, Luke Ronke. The New Zealand basketballer Stephen Adams is continuing to impress in the NBA playoffs. Adams, who's in his rookie season with the Oklahoma City Thunder, is getting extensive court time in their current playoff series against the San Antonio Spurs. Adams has some company during the playoffs in the form of mentor Kenny McFadden, a long-time basketball identity player and coach in New Zealand. Morning Report's Susie Ferguson spoke to McFadden and asked him about what is a huge occasion for the 20-year-old. It's a great opportunity for a young man you know, Kiwi boy to get a chance to play on, uh, you know, America's uh, biggest stage in, in, in basketball. So, you know, you can't get no bigger. And not just that he's playing on the biggest stage, he's getting a lot of court time on that stage. Oh, yeah, and, and, and well-deserved. You know, he, he had earned uh, every minute that he gets. You know, he's, he's, on a, he's on a squad that has some superstars on it, some veterans, uh, some people who won championships before, and 
he was uh, called upon to, to do a job, which is, you know, go out there and bang bodies, be physical, and grab rebounds, protect the rim. And like I said, he's doing a great job at it. And what kind of buzz is he creating over there? What's being said about him? Oh, well, you know, he's, he's now labeled as one of the toughest men in, in basketball now, you know, by able to, like I said, just go out there and play that physical play. You know, he played against some, some huge guys in the last uh, series, you know, um, it was Blake Griffin he went against in the last series, and before that was Zach Randolph and, and Marcus Shaw, and these are not small men. You know, they some of the biggest basketball players that you actually can uh, have on the court, and he held his own. Now, you're actually essentially flatting with Stephen Adams while you're over there. What's he saying about all this? How's he taking it all in? Well, you know, he takes it, you know, day by day. You know, he's, he's been prepared and and groom for this stage, and, uh, you know, it's all coming coming into uh, fruition. You know, I mean, it's all new experiences for him, but once again, like I said, he has a support crew, you know, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, administrative staff, coaching staff, and players that is helping along uh, to keep his confidence and keep him, you know, focused on the task at hand. It must be pretty easy to be overwhelmed by it all, though. That's not happening? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not happening, you know. Like I said, uh, it's not nothing he just jumped into yesterday. You know, he's been he's been preparing for this particular type of uh, situation, you know, for the last four and a half, five years, and uh, he's been, you know, taking one step at a time, not going too fast, and you know, it's not a lot of pressure on his shoulders. You know, he, he's not the most valuable player in the league. That's his teammate, Kevin Durant. But is so this setting him up in a particular role? Is this though setting him up for quite a career? No, there's no doubt about it, setting him up for a career. You know, and, and we hope that's going to be a long, a long career, you know, and, and, and a chance to win, you know, uh, more than one championships. It's Kenny McFadden discussing Stephen Adams with Susie Ferguson. The Warriors veteran centre Jerome Ropati has announced his retirement after an injury-plagued end to his 12-year National Rugby League career. The 29-year-old has had his last four seasons severely restricted by injuries, the last a broken jaw in what has proved to be his 145th and final game against the Tigers in March. In the past three and a half seasons, he has been able to play just 18 NRL games. Ropati says his body told him it's time to move on after countless injuries and 15 operations. There's a little bit that wants me to be in there, but you know, I think... Just coming to understand that my body's not capable of that week in, week out has, um, has put me in a good mind frame um, to move on. And uh, so although I'm sitting here, you know, watching them and watching them train and feeling a little bit wanting to go on, I'm, I'm still happy to sit back and help out wherever I can. When did you make the decision? In the last seven weeks has been, you know, a reflection on, you know, where my body was at and that's when I seriously start considering it and uh, talking to family and friends about it and um, obviously my wife and and I came to a decision you know a couple of weeks ago um, I'm currently fit to play but I'm not confident in um, getting out there and lasting 80 minutes or consecutive games so can you just talk about how tough the past three and a half years have been like you know with the two season injury and knee injuries and all the other stuff as well? I'd say the last couple of months have been the toughest um, you know I've handled it quite well the injuries I've been able to keep the fire in the belly and desire to come out and train hard to get back on the field um, but the last couple of months since the broken jaw I've had, had time to sit down and just 
it probably hit me mentally um, that physically I'm, I'm incapable of lasting. So, yeah. Is it almost a relief now that it's done that you sort of don't have to think about getting your body back in shape only to, you know, then suffer another setback? It does. It, it, it is an absolute relief um, because it's, it's been a burden for a few months now. And, um, you know, the, put, putting the team in first is basically what made the decision a lot easier. And... Um, I'm feeling pretty good just standing here watching the boys and understanding that this is all past me now. And, you know, to channel my energy into something which is more useful other than playing is, um, is an exciting thing for me. You must feel pretty grateful that you've, the club have sort of um, given you an opportunity to stick around the game. Yeah, I'm very grateful. I didn't, under, I, I didn't know where I was heading into when talking to the club about that, that um, you know, I was going to end. Uh, straight away, but they've been they've been good to me like they always have been, um, and it just gives me an opportunity to sort out a career and uh, see where my um, um, my my gifts are being used and you know, where I'm capable of um, working it. Do you know where that future might lie? Because I understand you're going to be an ambassador until at least the end of the season. So like next year, do you want to do it? I really don't know. I. I still, I, I believe I still have a um, footing mind, you know, I'm, I'm still very much a student of the game, so I'd like to do something around the footy department, um, staying close to the team and having a close relationship with them, um, but at this stage I'm not sure exactly. Coaching? Probably not that, um, uh, you know, probably on a, on a lower level if possible, um, but still unsure, yeah. Just looking back over your career, then, like, what would be the main highlights, both uh, with the Warriors and with the Kiwis? Be uh, the be a 2008 season. Um, yeah, in terms of footy, yeah, it'll be that because um, yeah, for, with the Warriors we went further than expected, and obviously a 2008 World Cup we won it. Um, but the greatest memories I'll take away is just with the, being in the trenches with the guys every single day, you know, there's, there's moments there where we struggle together for long periods of time and uh, you build close relationships that way and um, you know, I'll forever uh, remember those times. And do you think, obviously, for the last few years it's been hard probably to take anything good out of on the field, but now that the retirement thing's sort of done, you'll be able to look back and have a bit of pride at what, what you have been able to achieve across those 12 years? Yeah, actually, you know, the reflection period, well, I don't know when that's going to come. You know, right now I still, I still feel like a player. I still feel like I can give that way. Um, so uh, understanding where I'm at right now in terms of my footy and what I've done is going to come down the track somewhere. I'm not going to sit back and look at Well, I've still got a lot to give to the team, and that's where I want to focus my energy. And you're not looking at anything outside rugby league as well in terms of employing opportunities? You don't have any other sort of hidden talents? Oh, <laughs> not that I know of, no. Um, you know, just, uh, like I said, I'm still living and breathing footy, and I want to stay here. As soon as my value, I think my value is not suited here, or it's not going to benefit the team, then I'll obviously look somewhere else. But at the moment, I think I've got a lot to give you. That's the retiring warrior, Jerome Ropati. New Zealand will attempt to regain the Junior Rugby World Championship on home soil as the tournament gets underway in Auckland. The New Zealanders dominated the first four years of the tournament, winning the title each time, but haven't lifted the trophy in the last two years. I spoke to the under-20 captain and Blues first 5 Simon Hickey. 
who says he's trying to balance the roles between the two teams. I'm available to be selected in you know whatever capacity it is for the Blues. So I'll um you know I'll just see what happens and you know if it does work out that I get a lot of game time then I'm sure the uh, New Zealand coaches will manage that and if I don't then you know I want to you know play as soon as I can I can't wait to get involved with that team. Yeah is it hard sort of um, not to look ahead to it obviously pretty exciting having the tournament here and that but you've still still got a job to do this weekend? Yeah it is a little bit you know because uh, the teams they're in camp and stuff like that but you know I, I know where where, I, where my mind needs to be for now, so that's with um, that's with the Blues, and then you know, as I said, it'll just be having to change hats pretty quickly once I go from the Blues camp into the New Zealand camp. And have you had have you been in pretty constant contact with the under 20s coaches and sort of know what's going to be happening once you get there? Um, yeah, I, I talked to them, uh, you know, after they cho- after they selected the team and um, and uh, stuff like that. So I think you know, I think I know. You know the sort of game plan that we're going to play with, but it'll be you know once I get there, I'll have to pick that up pretty quickly, and you know it'll be getting into you know getting into trainings and learning the system sort of you know on the go. So I know a little bit about it, but it'll be you know once I get there, there'll be a lot of stuff that I need to pick up on. So I just have to try and pick up as quickly as I can. I guess obviously, yeah, having played in it before, you expect it to be a bit different at home. Should be able to get some good crowds around Auckland and that sort of thing. Yeah, I hope so. I hope there's um, some good turnouts and I'm sure there will be and I think if we play well then we'll do ourselves some favours and hopefully people will turn out. So I think a lot of it you know, will be on the performance that, that we provide. You know, So if, if we're going well I think there'll be some good crowds and hopefully there is. And I guess um, sort of want to make up for the disappointment of last year and do it in front of the home fans. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I can't wait to... To get into the tournament, as I said, and you know, having played in it before, and having you know had a relatively disappointing campaign, I guess, then um, you know, there's a lot to play for this time around, and I can't wait to to get involved, and hopefully, it's a, a better result this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the captaincy thing, is that something that's sort of a bit new to you, or you've done it in the past a bit? Oh, I haven't done a huge amount of it, but I think you know, I'll be relatively comfortable with the role because as a first five, you've got to be a leader anyway, so. I'll, um, I think I'll enjoy the extra responsibility and you know, hopefully be able to bring some of my experience from you know, the Blues and from being involved in that team last year you know, and use it positively and you know, help us. That's the New Zealand under-20 captain Simon Hickey and you can catch the New Zealand side in action against Samoa at North Harbour Stadium on Monday night. A seven-strong boxing team has been named to represent New Zealand at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in July. Two female boxers have been included in the team as women's boxing is on the programme for the first time. Also included is the 18-year-old New Zealand super heavyweight Patrick Mylata, who's tipped as one of the country's most promising amateur talents. I spoke to him about his journey to get to the Commonwealth Games. It's been the dream since I've picked up the gloves. Uh, I picked up the gloves at the age of 15, but it's always been the back of my head, coming through uh, with a family that, that were boxers, so... Yeah, to, to make the Commonwealth Games and hopefully the Olympics up and coming is a big tick for me and myself. So how did you sort of come into boxing? Um, you know, growing up in New Zealand, it was the main sport is always is always rugby and league. So through an injury, I was I had an opportunity to um, to start looking into gyms because I got the news that if I didn't heal right in six months, I would I would never be able to play footy ever again. So my my dad had the idea that he would take me into a gym and. And see how I liked it. I got beaten up a few times, and my dad, knowing that my dad wasn't going to stop taking me, um, 
I, I had to force myself to learn, learn, and I eventually liked the game, so I, I stuck with it. So, so it wasn't something you loved to start with. Yeah, uh, to start off, I want to say I loved it. I didn't like going home with bleeding nose and, and cut lip. But, you know, when I learned my basics and started learning deeper into the game of boxing, I fell in love with the game. What was the injury that you had? That, uh, uh, I, I damaged a cutlet in my knee and had to have surgery on it. And I had to take six months off, off from playing rugby. So from the six months I took off, I just went into the gym and, you know, I started progressing. And I never went back to the rugby field. What, what sort of level were you playing at rugby? I imagine looking at you, you probably would have gone alright. Uh, when uh, I used to play rugby for school, I made it in the county squad, but then I moved over, made that transition into league, where I got scouted to be in the Warriors squad. But that was as far as that because you know boxing kind of took my life. Was it a big decision to give up on that dream, the rugby league thing, to yeah. and then? Yeah, it was. It? it was for my dad because you know it was an opportunity of a lifetime that any New Zealand kid or Aussie would kill, would kill to have in their hands. And here I was, you know, had the op- opportunity to play with both. So yeah, it was a bit of a juggle, mostly for my family. So how old were you when you decided uh, to pursue boxing? I was. I was at the age of 16 when I chose to. Um, to continue studying boxing in the amateur level before anything else. And obviously it's paid off? Uh, yeah, it's paid off so far. I mean, I got the opportunity to go and showcase what, what I'm capable of and what I've been blessed with. But it's not something to have some show for it. Uh, well, that's what I believe. But that only comes after hard work. And looking at Glasgow, what's, what sort of goals have you set yourself? Um, you know, I'm going there blind eye. I'm just going to go give it everything that I, that I have. You know, believing in my fitness, believing in everything that I've been taught, and just go and show it in the ring. How do you sort of prepare for boxing on such a big stage at such a huge arena, probably bigger than anything you've ever experienced, and TV cameras and all, all that stuff? How 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 do you sort of get ready for the idea of that so you're not overwhelmed by it when you're on the on the on stage? The, uh, well, I just think of the reasons why I'm there, and think I mean I've been into a few internationals. Most of my belt as an amateur is international. Um, you know, I just think of the reasons why I'm there. I mean, like mostly my family back home, that they know that they they're praying for me and that they trust that I'll do well. You know, that's what keeps me focused on such a big stage like that. I mean, it is frightening. You know, so just think about home, think about my reasons of being there, and it just sets me straight. How, how long has the Commonwealth Games been a goal and like when did that sort of become something that you wanted to work towards? You know, when I was a kid, I first seen a fight which was Lennox Lewis versus David Tour and I was about the age of six where I started dreaming about being a fighter. I wanted to be a champion and when I got to New Zealand and I seen all these things happening, I dreamt of, you know, and I heard about the Commonwealth Games and Olympics, so I moved there when I was eight, and then that's when I started dreaming about, you know, started playing in my mind of becoming a Commonwealth competitor, also an Olympian. Yeah, is the Commonwealth Games a big stepping stone for you to hopefully re-up? Yeah, yeah, it's a big stepping stone. I mean, every battle you do in boxing is a stepping stone, but, you know, yeah, Commonwealth is a big heads up. You know, it's what it's, you know, it's kind of like a mini Olympics. So yeah, it's a big preparation and it's a big stepping. And is the dream ultimately to follow in the footsteps of a guy like Tour and uh, yeah. go professional? Yeah, that's, that's definitely that's the main um, dream, you know. Um, amateur, that's what amateur is all about, is prepping to become pro. 
That's the boxer, Patrick Mylata. The New Zealand men's and women's hockey teams start a busy period this weekend with the World Cup in the Netherlands. Both sides will also compete in the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in July. The World Cup is the biggest tournament in the game outside of the Olympics and the men go into the event ranked 6th in the world and the women 5th. The 34-year-old Wellington midfielder Phil Burrows is the most experienced player in the men's side with 320 caps. He told Barry Guy that playing in his 4th World Cup was a big ambition for him. I think uh, playing in a World Cup is obviously a fantastic event. It's the second probably the pinnacle events, obviously the Olympics and then then this event. But um, having it in Holland is is something special just because they they love hockey over here and it's going to be supported really well. I mean, it's in a stadium that's going to hold 15,000. It's been sold out every day, so it's uh, it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, you're obviously an experienced guy. You know what it's all about. Um, That that counts for a lot at a World Cup? Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, yes and no. I think uh, you need to have experienced guys in the team, to, and, uh, and but you also need some young, youthful guys. So we've got certainly lots of flair. Um, but yeah, you know the, the experience is, is. I think the teams need it. Um, but yeah, when the when whistle goes in the first game, you know um, it's all on. And this team has that youth and experience, does it? Yeah, I think so. And even even the youth these days is quite experienced anyway. I mean. You won't find many guys in our team um, hovering under 20 caps. Most have, most have got 50 now, and a lot have got over 100, so there's certainly plenty of experience throughout the throughout the group. Uh, yeah, I see you've got 320 caps. I'm assuming you don't remember e- each of those games. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but you come up against uh, some top sides there, Germany and the Netherlands, so um, uh, I suppose playing the Netherlands at home will be a biggie. Yeah, well, fortunately we get um, those two games last. So um, important game first up, of course, Korea, and then um, Sriska, Argentina. So I'm um, really targeting those three matches, and then then we get the um, Germans, and then finally we finish with the Dutch, which will be a pretty special special game. Um, be certainly be a full house and uh, be a great game to be a part of. But we want to certainly get as many points as possible before going to that match. Uh, having spoken to uh, hockey teams, been the men and the women in, in recent years, one thing that has been mentioned is getting regular matches against the top sides. Um, what what are your thoughts on that, and how that's you know how does that affects you going into a tournament like this? Yeah, it certainly helps. Uh, the more we can play top sides, the more we can test where we're at. Um, but isolated in New Zealand, we can't really just jump in a car like they can over here and drive an hour and and play an international match. So um, we are a bit isolated that way, but. Yeah, come to these tournaments, you know, it's, you're never going to get an easy game. So um, it's always uh, good if we can play top teams as much as possible. How does this work for you? Is is it a, is it good that you've got the Commonwealth Games coming up after this? I mean, I, I'm assuming a lot of these teams are just targeting the World Cup, aren't they? That's their thing for the year. Um, yeah, so yeah, most of the teams here, this is their, their, their for the year. But we've also got the yeah, Com Games afterwards, as you said. But um, yeah, it's... Certainly an important tournament for New Zealand, an important tournament for us, but first and foremost, we uh, we want to do well at the World Cup and then have a break and then get stuck in the Com Games. And what about your style? Um, you know, you, how's that developed and you can counter the teams that you're coming up against? Or, you know, do you just try and impose your own your own game? Yeah, yeah we do try to. We have, certainly have different tactics for um, certain teams and that's, um, yeah, quite evident, I think. I think most teams have those kind of tactics but um after the whole you know we, we want to 
we want to try and play um, yeah, fast, hardworking, attacking hockey as much as we can, but we also know that sometimes that's not the case when we play against um, powerhouses such as Germany and Holland, that we have to be a bit more conservative in our play and, uh, and uh, almost um, take advantage of their mistakes at times. The Black Sticks men play South Korea, South Africa, Argentina, Germany and the Netherlands in their group, while the women play South Korea, Japan, Belgium, Australia and the Netherlands. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves and we'll be back with the next Extra Time next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.